Hoffaday, and welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio, KHMG 88.1 FM, Barragata, Guam. Glad to be with you in this new year. It's 2017. Matter of fact, it's January 6th, 2017, 3.05 p.m. if you're listening to the live broadcast. And I'm glad to be back with you. I've been out for the last few weeks traveling back in the States, visiting family and friends, celebrating Christmas with them. And uh, now I'm back with you. Got in on Sunday night, January 1st. Traveling on New Year's Eve is actually a really good time to travel. A little travel tip. The flights in the United States from Kansas City to Houston, only half full, and Houston to Hawaii, only half full. Now, when we got on in Hawaii, as always, the flight to Guam was packed out. But great trip, great time. We froze. We ate a lot. Uh, we got to see some snow and ice. Got to see everyone, all our kids and relatives, in-laws, outlaws, etc. Had a great time and uh, glad to be back with you. I got to catch part of the show as we landed and then we're driving around last Sunday evening. I got to hear the rebroadcast with Lawrence Nagengast as the host and uh, Chris Harper being his wingman and running the board last week. And sounds like it was a great time. So glad to be back with you for this 198th episode. Only two more episodes till episode 200. I really don't think when John Collier and I started this program that we ever thought we'd make it to 200 episodes. We didn't know if we'd make it to 20 episodes, actually. But, uh, yeah, episode 198 on this Friday, January 6th. 3.06 p.m. here in the studio of Harvest Family Radio. Broadcasting the show called Live Till 5. If you're new with us, we do this every Friday afternoon from 3 to 5 p.m. live here on the radio. It's a local live talk and variety program. We talk about things that are happening in the community. We talk about funny stories. We we uh, talk about this day in history, stories that are stranger than fiction. We do some different grammar things like idioms and phrases and quotes. We'll talk about some heavy-duty stuff sometimes, too, some different theological issues that are out there, maybe a little challenge to you. We, we oftentimes talk about different events that are happening in our community, particularly in our church community. Uh, we invite people in to be interviewed for different big events that are coming up. We've had politicians and visiting preachers and local business owners and uh, men and women involved in different community events here on our radio program. And glad to have you listening. Some people are listening on 88.1 FM. Some people are listening online at khmg.org. Some people might have downloaded the podcast and are listening to this uh, sometime on their break or as they're out jogging or maybe around the world. People are downloading the program. We are glad that you're with us today. And we're glad that you're listening to the program. We do this as a blessing to our radio audience. We want to entertain you a little bit. We hope that you smile at least one time during the show. Maybe one time in the first hour, one time in the second hour would be great. Uh, we want to educate you. We oftentimes give you information that is helpful to you. Sometimes it might not be super valuable, but it is helpful. We want to edify you, build you up, and build you up in your Christian walk. And uh, all around, just want to be a blessing to you. So live till five. We've been doing this now for almost four years. 
And uh, we hope to continue to do it. I'm glad that you're with us. You know, you can let us know that you're listening by going to our Facebook page. Our Facebook page is Harvest Family Radio. Just look us up, Harvest Family Radio. Click the like button and leave us a note. We'd love to hear from you. I know that uh, Chris Harper, station manager, just put out a note recently that there's going to be some adjustments to the schedule. And he's asking for comments and feedback. So if you have any comments, maybe there's a program that we have that you think would be valuable to have on at a different time or an additional time. Maybe you know of another Christian broadcast that we don't currently carry that uh, you'd love to see if we could get on our program, on our radio station as one of our programs. Just let us know through Harvest Family Radio on Facebook, or you can go to khmg.org. There are a number of different ways to listen through khmg.org. There, there's a listen tab there where you can just listen right then. You can also download download different archived broadcasts. You can listen live on the TuneIn button, or you can download that app to your phone or tablet. You can listen to podcasts via SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, or RSS. And again, uh, we like to upload the latest episode of Live Till 5 to our Facebook page every Friday evening. So again, our Facebook location is Harvest Family Radio. So we hope that is a blessing to you. Now, it is the month of January, and uh, every month, Bob the Librarian provides me with a list of things that are happening in January, including January is Adopt a Rescued Bird Month, Bath Safety Month, Be Kind to Food Servers Month, Birth Defects Month, Book Blitz Month, California Dried Plums Digestive Month. Mm. I think that's also called prunes. Carnival season, carnival season, celebration of life month, financial wellness month, get a balanced life month, get organized, international brain teaser, international child center, divorce awareness, international creativity, international new year's resolution month for business, international quality of life, International Wayfinding, International Wealth Mentality, Learn to Ski and Snowboard, National Be on Purpose, and National Braille Literacy Month. And as we look back at this past week, we are ending the week of Diet Resolution, National Lose Weight and Feel Great, National Year's uh, New Year's Resolutions Week, Silent Record Week, Someday We'll Laugh About This Week, Elvis's birthday celebration week and international consumer electronics show is actually this weekend. And uh, it's always cool to see what they come out with at the consumer electronics show. This past week, of course, there were a number of uh, observed holidays, including on the first, not only is that New Year's Day, it's also the Polar Bear Plunge and Swim Day in Coney Island, New York, and Vancouver, British Columbia, Ellis Island Day, Euro Day. Commitment Day and Copyright Law Day. On the 2nd, 55-mile-per-hour speed limit day, National Buffet Day, National Personal Trainer Awareness Day, and Science Fiction Day. On the 3rd, it was Drinking Straw Day, J.R.R. Tolkien Day, and National Chocolate-Covered Cherry Day. I could celebrate that right about now. The 4th was Dimpled Chad Day. For, for those of you who uh, voted in the election between George W. Bush and Al Gore, Dimpled Chad Day might have a significance to you. Tom Thumb Day, Trivia Day, World Braille Day, National Spaghetti Day, National Trivia Day was the 4th, the 5th. Yesterday, National Bird Day, National Whipped Cream Day, Sausage Day in the UK only, 
National Screenwriters Day and National Bean Day. And today is Epiphany, or the 12th night, National Technology Day, Three Kings Day, National Bean Day. Uh, again, I didn't know there were two National Bean Days. It's on here twice. National Cuddle Up Day and National Shortbread Day. So those are all special things that are happening and have happened this past week, little observances we've had. Now, there are also, uh, before we take our first break, I was thinking about how time flies. And I was listening to an interview the other day with someone that was talking about World War II veterans and how all World War II veterans are around 94 to 96 years old at the youngest. And I know that generation is passing away very quickly. But I was just thinking, I wonder what it was like 100 years ago. So I looked it up. Things that were happening 100 years ago. And two names came to the surface. Two people that were adults involved in world history at that time. Woodrow Wilson was the president of the United States 100 years ago. And Gandhi. Gandhi was a big figure in the news 100 years ago. But also in 1917... One century ago, Einstein first published his paper on cosmology, kind of his belief about the whole universe. Houdini did his Buried Alive Escape Act. The Red Cross won the Nobel Prize. Al Capone got in a knife fight and earned his nickname Scarface. Buffalo Bill Cody died. U.S. and Germany uh, stopped diplomatic relations and eventually... Uh, the U.S. declared war on Germany that year. The Brits captured Fallujah. I thought this was very interesting because I kept seeing names of locations that we still see in the news today in 2017 were in the news 100 years ago. Fallujah was one of them. Uh, Let's see here. The radio broadcast was sent out to notify all American ships, outposts, territories, bases, that there was a state of war between the U.S. and Germany. And one of those locations that received that message was right here on Guam. And the German Navy that was here on Guam at that time, if I remember my history right, when the American naval officers got the radio transmission that there was a state of war, the American Navy commander went to the German Navy commander that was here on Guam, and demanded that he surrender his ship. And the German commander asked if he could go back to his ship for something. He took his men, he went back to the ship, and they scuttled the ship and blew it up in Apra Harbor. But in their haste to blow the ship up, they accidentally killed six of their own sailors. And the Cormoran sunk to the bottom of Apra Harbor to be largely forgotten Uh, because so much else happened in the war and then World War II, of course, with the invasion and Japanese occupation. And so this predated scuba diving and things. And then, of course, um, just a few decades ago was kind of rediscovered, so to speak, uh, by scuba divers. And the Cormoran is there underneath the uh, Tokamaru, I believe it is, there in the harbor. So anyway, that all kind of started with the radio transmission that that told American uh, Navy personnel that there was a state of war between Germany and America. Let's see here. The Selective Service Act started in 1917. And, uh, of course, every male in the United States at the age of 18 has to 
enroll in selective service. And one of my sons has had to do that, and one's getting ready to do that in a few months. Also, 1917, John F. Kennedy was born in 1917. So a lot happened 100 years ago, and uh, time really flies. Uh, And so I'd like to take just a moment for one of my favorite segments here. We call this The Buck Stops Here. Words of wisdom from the desks and walls of successful Americans, whether they be politicians, philosophers, teachers, professors, theologians, barons of industry. And since we're starting off the new year, this guy was Mr. Positive. His first name was Hillary. His second name was Hinton. I'll tell you the rest of his name in a moment. Popular American motivational speaker and self-help author. Came from humble beginnings to be an expert salesman, best-selling author, and highly sought-after public speaker. Successfully blended his own religious beliefs with positive thinking to create a philosophy that is all his own. Over his long and successful career, he published more than 25 books on leadership, personal growth, sales, faith, family, Christianity, and success. He's also published a recorded long list of audio programs, videos, books, training curriculum for individuals, small businesses, Fortune 500 companies, churches, and nonprofits. The words on his desk were from Romans 8.28, and we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That was the desk plaque for Hillary Hinton Ziegler, also known as Zig Ziegler. And that's The Buck Stops Here. I love that segment, hearing how different people are motivated. and It's not an endorsement of everything that person has done. I really don't know much about Zig Ziglar, other than I know that he is kind of the father of the power of positive thinking movement, which, you know, I probably have my opinions about, but we don't need to get into right now. But, uh, yeah, Romans 828 on his desk. Interesting. And that's the buck stops here. Well, we're glad that you're with us today, and we are enjoying uh, 3.19 p.m. on Friday afternoon. Did you know if you missed the show, not only can you go to khmg.org and download the podcast or listen to the archive right there, but we also rebroadcast the show in its entirety. All two hours of the show, we rebroadcast, and uh, we want you to be able to enjoy the show uh, in its entirety from noon to 2 on Saturdays. And 7 to 9 p.m. on Sunday nights. So catch us on the rebound. Noon to 2 Saturday, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday nights. Right here on 88.1 FM KHMG. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we do have This Day in History with Lawrence Nangas. What's in my coffee with all the fellas. We're going to talk news. We're going to talk stranger than fiction. We've got some by-the-numbers information. And then a little something about the modern evangelical church. Some stats that I read in a magazine recently i'd like to share with you at the end of the show so stick around i'm jared baldwin your host of live till five more live till five after this short break
And we're back with a little more Live Till 5. It's Friday afternoon, January 6th, 3.24 p.m. Here at the Worldwide Headquarters of KHMG Harvest Family Radio. Glad that you're with us. If you're new to the show, welcome. You are joining an elite group of listeners. Some of the smartest, brightest, funniest, most attractive people that I'll never be able to see because we're on the radio. But we'd love to hear from you if you go to KHMG's Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio. Let us know you're listening. Leave us a comment. Give us a thumbs up. That would be great. You can also go to KHMG.org. Contact us that way. Listen at your leisure to all our different programs. Live Till 5 is just one of many programs that we publish or produce, I guess you could say, here on Harvest Family Radio. Now, as a regular segment... Of Live Till 5, I want to share with you a few idioms from the Dictionary of Idioms by Marvin Turban, scholastic book that was given to us by PC. She's one of our faithful listeners. She's also uh, really good at catching squid and octopus um, on her breaks. And uh, almost every time we have a break like this, I see pictures of her PC. She's been snorkeling and and uh, she doesn't really spear them. I think she hooks them, like, with a long piece of wire with a little hook on the end. But anyway, she's, she's got a knack for that. And she likes idioms. And so um, thank you, PC. We love listener-submitted content. So any of you listeners out there, you ever want to get us to talk about something, you got an idea for a segment on the show, we are always open for suggestions. And uh, here we go. A few idioms. You know, those of us that grow up speaking English as our first language... Idioms are just kind of part of how we talk. When we're children, we hear adults saying these things, and then we say them. Sometimes we don't even know why we say them. We kind of get the gist of what they mean. That's how we're able to insert them in our regular conversation. But we don't always know where they came from. So let me enlighten you. Like a labor of love. You ever had a labor of love? Well, in the New Testament and the Bible, there's a phrase about work done for pleasure without profit. Your work of faith and labor of love. That's a phrase from the New Testament. The English expression labor of love became popular around the 17th century when many people worked at something because they loved doing it, not for money. So it means a work done not for money, but for love or a sense of accomplishment, a labor of love. That's basically why we're here doing Live Till 5. It's, it's a labor of love because we don't get paid anything extra to do this. As a matter of fact, Many of our fellow staff members are laughing at us right now as they drive home and enjoy their afternoon off. But we do this because it's a labor of love. It's, it's fun. Lame duck. Expression came from England in the 1700s, described a person uh, on the London Stock Exchange who had lost all his money and couldn't pay his debts. People said he had to waddle out of the stock exchange like a lame duck. In America, since the mid-1800s, it is referred only to public officials waiting out the balance of their term like President Obama. It's an elected official in the last days of his or her time on the job. They're a lame duck. Mm -hmm. So they already know they're leaving. They know they're going to be replaced, but they still have time left to serve. Laugh out of the other side of your mouth. The saying was being used in England in the 17th century. Expression might not seem to make much sense. When a person laughs, he or she does it from both sides of their mouth. You wouldn't laugh at all if you didn't feel happy. The key words in this phrase are other side. The other side of happiness is sadness, and the idiom suggests that by laughing on the other or wrong side of your mouth or face, 
your fortune has gone bad and your moment of happiness is over. To be made to feel sorrow means to laugh out of the other side of your mouth. I got to admit, I've never really quite said that phrase. To lay an egg. Now, I have said this before. Idiom comes from Britain where uh, cricket has been a popular game for centuries. If a team failed to score a single point, people said it had laid a duck's egg, an object that has the same shape as a zero on the scoreboard. So to lay an egg means to give an embarrassing performance. I think uh, Bing Crosby says something about laying an egg in White Christmas. Let's see here. Lay your cards on the table. This is another idiom that comes from playing cards. Many games in which players have to put their cards on the table face up to show what cards they've been holding. When that happens, there are no secrets. The truth is out. To lay your cards on the table means to reveal all the facts openly and honestly, to reveal one's purpose and plans. Let's do three more here. Lead you by the nose. Animals like cattle in the field or trained bears at a circus are often led about by a rope attached through a ring in their nose. Also, there's a phrase in the Bible in Isaiah 37, 29. Also in the Greek, in a book that dates back to AD 170, all uses similar phrase. It means to dominate or control someone, to lead them by the nose. Leave no stone unturned. Euripides, a great playwright of ancient Greece. Yes, I pronounced that right, Euripides. Once told the legend of a Persian general who had left a treasure in his tent and then lost a major battle. Someone went looking for the treasure but couldn't find it. So he went to the Oracle of Delphi for advice. The Oracle said something in Greek, which means move every stone in Latin. I guess didn't say it in Greek, said in Latin. To make all possible efforts to carry out a task in search for something or someone. And finally, to leave someone holding the bag. To leave someone holding the bag means to force someone to take the blame when it should be shared. This expression was known by many Americans in the 1780s. It might have come from the mean trick boys played on a new boy in town. They'd take him to the woods at night, give him a lantern and a bag, and tell him to wait for a bird that was attracted by the light that would fly into the bag. The rest of the boys would return home, knowing the bird would never appear. Leave someone holding the bag to force someone to take the blame when the blame should be shared. And those are our idioms for the day. Now, for those of you listeners, your much-anticipated time, your favorite segment, This Day in History, is upon us. And it is uh, January 6th. And Lawrence Nangas, history professor and uh, overall uh, great substitute radio host, by the way. (laughs) He's got that Shadow Stevens kind of voice, that, that deep, manly Lawrence, at what age did your voice go deep like that? Oh, man. Um, maybe when I was in high school. There was, a, there was a guy that I went to church with, though. His name was Max Miller, who when we were in elementary, his voice was as deep or deeper than mine. Really? So we were in sixth grade, and everybody loved hearing Max talk. And, uh, man, that his voice was so low. Wow. Um, once we got into uh, you know upper years... It wasn't as much of an anomaly, but uh, still very interesting. Yeah, uh, how low his voice was. So I would probably maybe say, there's something uh, in the water there. Maybe you know, maybe, maybe you guys were all drinking. Maybe the it's, same. A, it's the lead uh, in the Flint water. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who well, knows? we we like uh, your radio voice, and you did yeah, a thanks. great job uh, hosting <laughs> last week. So uh, Good tell to us be back though. Less yeah. pressure when you're just a guest. Well, yeah. There so go. so those of you that get asked, it's not as bad as you think. Yeah, it's it can be fun. Yeah, it is. It's a little pressure, but it can be fun. You're right. Uh, 1605, first edition of, actually, this is the whole name. Um, Mr. Fenari, I could use your help, but I'll do my best here. El Ignacio 
Hidalgo Don Quixote de la Mancha. Is that close? Ah, Do you speak yeah. Spanish? The Man of no, La Mancha. Don't, you I don't? Some Mexican okay. part of me. So. Well, if you didn't catch it, Don Quixote yep. was in the title, and that's what it's known by for short. But that was the full title of the book by Miguel de Cervantes. Um in 1605, it was published in Madrid. So that book is still read in lit classes. Uh, very interesting take on chivalry and knighthood, uh, almost a mockery or a, a satirical story uh, is what it was called or what, what um, sort of division of lit it would be in or, or section of lit. Um, 19, uh, 1649, the English Rump Parliament votes to put Charles I on trial for treason and other high crimes. Uh, the Rump Parliament, if you've never heard of that, uh, refers to the hindquarters of something or a remnant or a the piece left behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, no puns there. But that's the rump parliament who had an issue with Charles I. And the other part that is gone now of the parliament that made it the rump parliament uh, was against them forcing Charles I to abdicate. And so they kicked him out, and this group that was left behind... Uh, made Charles I leave the throne, which is why you end up with um, Oliver Cromwell coming in and um, see John I, as in the King James Version, not not John, James, James I got away with a lot of things. People liked him. Well, his son Charles watched all that, tried to do a lot of the same things, and the people are like, mm, no, this is not this is not the same. So they got rid of him. Oliver Cromwell fought him, uh, and, and the rest is kind of history there with, with that scenario. Um, but the the takeaway is the rump parliament, the rump parliament. is exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. It's, okay. it's a remnant that was left yes, behind. The of, behind of the original the hind quarters. The those left the, behind the, in the rear. Yes. yes okay. Gotcha. 1809 Napoleonic Wars invasion of Cayenne uh, by the uh, combined British, Portuguese, and colonial Brazilian forces begins. This is again the uh, intent of bringing down the Bonaparte empire that he had built up and so then 1911 or uh, 1811 and 1814 will be the two defeats his exile to elba and exile to saint helena but this is kind of the beginning the beginning of the end here uh 1853 franklin pierce the president-elect of the united states is sort of what trump is at this time president-elect uh of the united states at the time and his family are involved in a train wreck in massachusetts um that that's not a real healthy way to get off get your presidency off the ground, but um, I don't think any of them any of them died. It was just a, pra- a train wreck. Franklin Pierce was uh, his name was on a lot of different uh, things up in the area of New Hampshire where I had pastored. He was, I guess, huh. he was from that area in general. Franklin Pierce College is up there. A uh, few other things with his name on it. So, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's the only president to be president for two terms, not. Non-consecutive. Uh, non-consecutive ter- uh, terms. I think he, he was president, and I don't remember. Somebody came in between, and he was elected again, re-elected. Like Van Buren or someone something, in, in the middle something there. Something yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. Um, 1893, the Washington National Cathedral is chartered by Congress. The charter is signed by President Benjamin Harrison. Uh, I think it's still there. 1907, Maria Montessori, you've probably heard of that name before, opens her first Montessori-type school in Rome. Uh, this would be an example... This is again early 1900s uh, of a of a, a special needs school or a school um, for gifted uh, students, and there would be different types of of educational strategies used uh, to teach the students. Whether it be uh, you know no desks in a classroom, they would just kind of have free space learning. You know they could kind of be anywhere in the room and and all 
it was not the standard type classroom. Uh, and so a lot of these techniques have been adapted and used in different ways. But this is one of the first schools that gave attention to those sort, sort of students that needed more or remedial help uh, than just necessarily a mainstream classroom. Yeah, and that's uh, still very popular somebody. today. People, yeah, oh, yeah, for people sure. People are looking specifically for a Montessori uh, education for their small children. In some in some ways, it's even these type sort of techniques have become uh, used in the mainstream now is, is even a general ed classroom uh, could use some of these techniques where uh, it's very interesting. It all just kind of depends on what type of school and teachers uh, are, are there. Uh, 1925, Pavo Nurmi sets the indoor yes. record. For four for a mile, a four Great minute finish 13. runner. Yes, he was the flying fin. Yes, the flying fin. Four minute thirteen second mile, uh, a fourteen minute forty four second five thousand meters, which five thousand meters uh, is roughly. I mean, if you think about a five k, okay, so so that's what a five k is. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's three point one miles, miles yep. in fourteen minutes. So he's running, yep. oh, very fast. Yeah, he's and running his a training, sub five minute mile every. Their time. training regiments were crazy. I've read up on uh, Pavo Nermi and his it, the way they ran is he basically ran cross country all the time. He just loved running cross country type runs, and that was his. And they would vary the speed and. There are certain Swedish words that go with that that I won't mention right now, but they basically there sure. are all these different uh, methods, and he was really the father of that whole. He basically put Finland on the map for their uh, for ability running. to run. Yeah, yeah. that is amazing. Um, Mother Teresa arrives in Calcutta to begin her work amongst India's poorest and diseased people. Um, I actually do a section in my Bible class on Mother Teresa and uh, the different things she did there. We don't talk in detail, but some of the morals that she lived by and we talk about those um 1931 thomas edison submits his last patent application i'm not sure what it was but uh it was his last in 1931 1933 clyde barrow kills tarrant county deputy sheriff malcolm davis after walking into a trap set for another criminal and um that's i think probably one of the places he got his start mm-hmm. uh, bonnie and clyde bonnie and clyde yeah sorry that's the connection there is, is the clyde of bonnie and clyde uh, 1941, President Franklin Roosevelt's Four Freedoms speech, freedom of speech and, sorry, his Four Freedoms quote, speech, on freedom of speech and worship, freedom from want and fear during the U.S. State of the Union address. This is, uh, again, even before Pearl Harbor, so it's kind of um, the in the year leading up to that, of course, in 1941. Uh, and then last few things here, uh, we have... Ted Turner, in 1976, purchases the, purchases the Atlanta Braves for a reported $12 million. That's, That's amazing. That's a steal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for, now, 1976 is $12 million is a lot more than it is today. It's still a lot of money, period, today Right, but I just, read it, I just read in a news article today that the rock star from Britain, Sting, owns a $600 million apartment in New York City. So yeah. $12 million would like be his dining room table. That's... That's really not that much, you know. Yeah, twelve million. Most of the teams now are up, if not in the billions, near it. Because right. if you think of the player contracts that are involved, the stadiums, that you know, just the whole nine yards of what they're owning, uh, they're incredibly expensive now. Uh, so just a team like the Braves, who is a very, you know, I wouldn't say they're America's team at all, but just a very uh, popular franchise in the South. Um, that's a uh, 
pretty cheap price for a team yeah, like that. Absolutely. Um, and then I think I have two left. Um, nope, just the last. Uh, yeah. Just the last one is a year ago. Star Wars: The Force Awakens breaks North American box office record, passing the seven hundred and sixty point five million dollars taken by what movie? Avatar. Avatar. Boom. Really? Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. That was. Um, Yes, that is true. Well, that's a great segue. Thank you for this day in history, by the way. You're welcome. Uh, I read this in Christianity Today, um, the December issue earlier today, from Australia. Jedi's raise religiosity down under. What started as a joke in 2001, Australians listing their religion as Jedi on the nation's census now has atheists worried. The 58,000 people who marked Jedi as their religion in 2006 increased to almost 64,400 in 2011. While only 0.3% of the population, the surge has left the Atheist Foundation of Australia, the AFA, worried that those answers, which the government classifies as a not-defined religion instead of none, will make Australia seem more religious than it actually is on the 2016 census. The results determine decisions on how to spend taxpayer dollars, AFA President Kylie Sturgis said to the Sydney Morning Herald. People shouldn't waste their answer. Wow. The things wow. those atheists get worked up about. I mean, they're, yeah. now they're mad at the Jedis. <laughs> All things. So. Well, anyway, hey, let's take a short break. When we come back, hopefully our drinks will be here from uh, the Hub. I know they're busy down there. Listeners, stick around. Stay tuned. More Live Till 5 after this short break. I'm Jared Baldwin, host. It's Friday. January 6, 2017, 3.42 p.m. Short break. We'll be right back after this. with a little more live till five friday january 6th boy i said that like it's a monster truck rally friday january 6th <clears throat> sorry <clears throat> friday january 6th uh 3 48 p.m and uh we are going to talk about some of my favorite headlines from the week i call them stranger than fiction because oftentimes truth is stranger than fiction one of these stories was submitted by tb who might or might not be related to me. <laughs> she thought it was a good story. I did too. So, But this one here, when I saw this headline, it was just screaming live till 5. Fox News, uh, January 3rd. Two-faced calf named Lucky dies at 108 days old. I laughed, followed by cried, followed by laughed again. Campbellville, Kentucky. A two-faced calf named Lucky has died in Kentucky. <laughs> that rhymes. Sorry. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, I hate to make some poor 
cow family's uh, tragedy, my humor, but let's start that again. A two-faced calf named Lucky has died in Kentucky after the family that treated her like a pet raised thousands of dollars to help her. Okay, now I feel sad again. The Lexington Herald-Leader reports that McCubbin family in Taylor County has been trying to raise $500 for a scan to see if the calf's cleft palate could be repaired, which would allow her to eat hay. Donors gave thousands of dollars, and Brandy McCubbin said the family was looking for a charitable cause now for the money that they collected. The paper reports that Lucky took naps with the four McCubbin children. McCubbin uh, said her kids took the calf's death well, and she said um, uh, that she was the one who, <laughs> who was a mess after the calf died. So a two-faced calf named Lucky died in Kentucky. Wow. I will not soon forget that. Uh, intro to that story. And that's how it was written for Fox News. Maybe they did that on purpose. Here's another Fox News one. This is the one submitted by TB. Uh, I actually heard about this from a number of people, and they all were thinking live till five when they told me about it. Amazon's Alexa sure is one high-class shopper. The retail giant's Alexa voice assistant aims to revolutionize the shopping experience, but recently delivered a big surprise to one six-year-old's parents. Dallas, Texas resident Megan Neitzel recently received an Echo Dot as a holiday gift from her in-laws. However, Neitzel was surprised when she received a confirmation email for cookies and for a dollhouse that had been ordered. According to Neitzel, the device had not been hooked up for long, and while she overheard her kids telling Alexa knock-knock jokes, the cost of the items in the invoice was no laughing matter. It was a $170 kid craft dollhouse and 64 ounces, 4 pounds of cookies. She told FoxNews.com, Neitzel knew the only person who could have possibly placed such an order was her six-year-old daughter, Brooke. While Brooke denied ordering anything, she did confess that she had asked Alexa about cookies in a dollhouse. It turns out Alexa mistook the conversation for an order and selected the items itself. Alexa is not without its uh, problems when it comes to Tiny Tots. Just a few days ago, Alexa made headlines after it returned a child's request for a favorite song, which was uh, not, not tasteful at all. Uh, Neitzel said that ultimately decided to use the incident as a teachable moment. Basically, uh, they have thoroughly enjoyed the tin of cookies, and um, they're looking for a local charity to give the dollhouse to, which has got to be pretty sad for the daughter. Uh, Neitzel also activated the parental control feature that requires four digits for, an all, for all future purchases and has warned fellow parents to heed the lesson and set up security measures uh, on their own. Given that this is their first experience with Alexa, Neitzel said they are a bit more cautious with what they say around it. I feel it's like whispering in the kitchen, she said. I tell my kids Alexa is a very good listener. So anyway, that's uh, the Alexa story. It was pretty pretty big in the news this week. So I don't know if any of you got one of those Echo Dots or the the Echo, that the taller one. I can't remember, not the dot, but the other one. But uh, you can actually just talk, and if you say Alexa, it engages and it knows uh, that you're talking to it and it will answer questions. It's kind of like Siri on the iPhone. It'll answer questions. It'll it'll uh, help you with finding restaurants. It'll make reservations. It'll do a lot of different things. So looks like a, a actually a pretty fun little device. Probably the way everything's going to go eventually. We had the same thing with our Xbox 360. We had, uh, you could talk to the Xbox through the, um, 
What was Sebastian? What's the motion thing called on the Xbox? That is the Connect. The Connect, yeah, the Xbox Connect, and uh, we could talk to it and tell it to, you know, pull up Netflix or turn on a game or Pandora or something like that, and it would just come on. But every once in a while, we'd be watching something, and a person on the screen would say something that would make the Connect come on and do a command. Yeah. It's just one of those weird things. I think that's what's happening with the Alexa device. Yeah, there was uh, someone. When with the online gaming, someone named their tag um, Xbox One t- shut off, and so people would be like, oh, Xbox no. One shut off. Oh, no, and then they're like, cut out. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no, that's funny. That is funny. Well, uh, now, it, did you get any uh, tech gifts this year, Sebastian, for Christmas? Um, did you do any technology at all? Uh, yeah, I got an Xbox One. Did you really? Yeah, I bought it. <laughs> nice, nice. Did you get the new one with the 4D uh, graphics and all that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The nice, HDR nice, nice. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. High cool. dynamic range. Yeah. Lawrence, did you get any uh, tech gifts for Christmas? Tech? No, no. I got I got hammocks. hammocks. Actually, I got, a, I got a speaker, one of those speakers you can kind of put in a bag or yes. you just... You just Bluetooth where it's yes. like this big. I got uh, one this too. This big that helps the radio. It's like the size of um, half a can of soda. Yeah, it's a little actually a little bigger than that. It's almost okay. like um, this oh long. that size. Okay, yeah, it's yeah. a little bigger size than of that. a cup, like yeah, one of our coffee like cups, a, like okay. a tumbler. Mine's the size of a coffee Sideways. mug, smaller, like like a small yeah. coffee mug. Yeah. So that was a, as far as tech goes. That's mm-hmm. what I got as far as tech. Uh, and then I got an air hammock and a regular hammock. An air hammock. Is that the kind that you just like, Yeah, I have And, and I it have fills up? Yes. Does it work as yes. easy as they show on the Facebook um, video? They're they're in a windier place than it okay. shows, I think. Okay. Because you can do it. Like, if you were to try to do it in your living room, uh-huh. no way. Really? Um, it would be way too. You'd have to You'd have to get your arms going so fast. Or you, could you, like, spin around five times? I tried doing up? that, and you're dizzier really? with, with about a <laughs> then gallon of down. air oh, boy. In, the, in the bottom of it. But I went to the beach, two different beaches, and, and whipped it through the air twice, and it was full. It's basically like a hot dog bun. Pretty much. I mean, pretty it, much. Isn't it like a giant hot dog have, bun? The one the I have dog. has two different sides. So you okay. fill half of it up, then you close that, and then you fill the other half up. So Got you're it. not having to fill the whole thing up at one time. Then you roll the end, and there's a buckle that you bring, and it pinches mm-hmm. it off the end, pinches off you know the air. And then basically you get in it. It's got a little headrest on it. And nice. um, it's a pretty comfortable seat for that's as cool. long as you need it. That's cool. So, now, is it made out of like a, a nylon type it is, product? It is okay. nylon on the outside, and then the inside, it's kind of got a, uh, a more, a less breathable, like almost plastic mm-hmm. uh, to keep the air in and water. It's waterproof, too. So something you so. could sleep in if you went camping or something? You could. I don't know. It would probably deflate over the course of the mm-hmm. night, um, but... <laughs> I don't know if I fell asleep. It doesn't require balance per se if you get in the middle of it. Uh-huh. But I don't know if I'd want to try to do a night to sleep in that. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, maybe. The, but then the I ground. also have a, a a regular hammock that's like made of a parachute material. Yeah, that's that uh, you just hang up between a couple trees. You just got to so, find trees that are the right distance yeah, apart. Yeah. So yeah. right now it's just you know between two doorknobs in my house. So. <laughs> that's really slept in awesome. a hammock in the woods. No, I, I have. have. Really? I I did overnight. No, I never have. I've, I've, I've always, sl- I've slept on the ground in a uh, tent, but I just never did the hammock. I had a, I had an animal like I, I think it was being killed near me. It was like a wolf or something. Like this was in the states, and I was just freaking out because I was laying down on, uh, on the, on the hammock, and I'm like, I'm perfect level for this, this whatever animal it is to just come over and have a chow down, 
you know, feast on me. Well, and you, and, you know, it, a you, chow down feast, a chow down, chow feast. down Mexican it, buffet. And yeah, it, it probably it could have been a coyote. What state were you in? Uh, I was in Northern Illinois. Okay, yeah, probably, probably coyotes. I doubt it was a, a wolf, Sorry. unless it was, well, you know, I mean, it maybe one that escaped from the. Sorry, coyote. I don't know. It was pitch black, and I heard something dying, and that's yeah. all I knew. It sounded like a, a like a, a, a some type of four legged creature getting killed. You feel yeah. very scared. Yes. In Missouri, we have these screeching owls that sound like a woman screaming or a woman crying. Oh, my. oh and then they have these. Um, uh, there's some kind of, I forget what kind of animal it is. In New Hampshire, they have these um, fisher cats, I think they call them, and they sound like um, uh, like a baby crying or a baby, baby yeah, wailing. Yeah, right now our chickens in our backyard sound like that. They sound like, <laughs> they sound like a small girl screaming. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, All it's right. pretty awful. Well, let's take a short break uh, for the news, and we're going to distribute our drinks from the hub, and when we come back for the second hour, we're going to talk about what's in my coffee. So, listeners... Thanks for staying tuned for this first hour. You're listening to Live Till 5 here on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata Guam. Stick around for SRN News. With the second hour of Live Till 5, it's 4.03 p.m. on Friday, January 6th. If you're listening to us live, we're glad you're with us here on 88.1 FM, KHMG. You can also listen through our website, khmg.org. There are a number of ways to listen there. They're all super obvious, super easy. If you can find khmg.org, you can find at least half a dozen different ways to listen to our audio content, whether it's things that we've produced previously or whether it's live listening experience. You can also communicate with us through our website, khmg.org, or go to Facebook, find Harvest Family Radio on Facebook, and let us know you're listening. Give us a thumbs up. Let us know what you think about the program. I know Chris is asking for feedback about programming and scheduling and things. Chris, uh, what types of uh, scheduling changes are you thinking about making in the near future? Uh, well, I- I'm mostly... Wanting to make some changes in the morning. There's a bit of a congestion of schedule around the 10 o'clock hour. And then in the um, 7 and 8 o'clock hours, I'm just look at looking at switching um, some shows that have been there for a while to a different time slot and moving in. Uh, some more, um, I would say some more dynamic programming, sure. switching it to earlier in the day. And some of the programming that's a little less dynamic putting it at a, a maybe in the evening time slot or something of that nature. Um, also, people keep asking me about current events slash news programs, and so I'm, I'm continuing to scour the earth for things of that nature. But most of those are very short programs, mm-hmm. so it would be maybe scattered throughout the day. Sure. Um, but 
still looking on that on that score. But uh, I, I just thought um, the reason I put that on Facebook is because I, I thought, well, maybe if somebody has a suggestion. Yeah. Also, I received a suggestion this week. Oh, great. About um, Voice of the Martyrs. They have a, a new weekly half-hour show. Really? Yeah. Um, so I'm looking into that one. Um, somebody in the office sent me that. And uh, so looking into that one, too. But it just prompted the idea that I know I have at least three things I want to do moving some things around that Sebastian and I were actually talking right. about, to, uh, I think, yesterday. Yeah, more Sebastian time. Yeah, you have to be no. careful, though, <laughs> because some people, like, curl their hair. Yes. You know, they put in their curlers at an exact time every day. Yes. Uh, and you want to make sure that if you change it, they might end up, you know, either coming to work with uncurled hair or they might be 15 to 30 minutes late for work because you changed the schedule. I'm just saying. If that's It could happen. I mean, hopefully we'll give those people a little bit of advanced give warning. Give ample notice. Right. To right. put and in your so curlers to hopefully we don't ruin Voice of the lives. Martyrs instead of, yeah. you know. Yeah. 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 I okay. Hopefully. I mean, yeah. We'll try to do that. <laughs> you can't please everybody. I can't. No. Speaking of pleasing everyone, it's time for uh, one of my favorite things we've been doing since day one. It's called What's in My Coffee. This episode, this part of the episode is brought to us by The Hub, Hebrews Worldwide Coffee Shop and Bookstore, the best little coffee shop on Guam, offering an endless variety of coffees, teas, baked goods, music, gifts, and Yankee candles. Matter of fact, it's the largest selection of Yankee candles in all of the hinterland. I go there a lot. Not the hinterland, but The Hub. Every day. And uh, they have wolves there in the hinterland. They do. They do. <laughs> wolves and heffalumps. <laughs> Another mysterious I just, creatures. I, I was laughing at Sebastian because he, Not when he was telling one. his story earlier, and he said, <laughs> and he said, um, it was probably was, wolf. It was, it was a wolf or something. Yes, or a wolf or something. <laughs> now, or something. I mean, so and the, know, the thing that made it squirrel. suspect was he was exaggerate. in a he was in a suburb of Chicago. <laughs> number know. one no, and yeah. number two in the country. Oh, okay, so way Chicago. out in the country. Way of and then num- you you could barely hear the planes flying in at <laughs> O'Hare. Yeah. And then number two uh, is that it was if it was dying, it probably wasn't a wolf because a wolf or sorry, I just said it like my wife says it. Wolf, it's a wolf. Um, wolves are very vicious creatures, and so if a wolf was dying. No, the wolf was killing. Oh, I was going to say because if it was the wolf was dying, you should be more scared of what could kill a wolf because there are very few creatures that could actually kill a wolf. And wolves also attack in packs, not in single. That's true. That's true. Um, single events. Unless single you're a orphaned you see, Indian boy child, then they I might have to take write you out in. My things before I say it because people just ridicule me. All no, the time. no, no, no. Oh, yeah. This is all part of the process of making you into the man you're going to become. <laughs> Oh, I'm still just a boy. Now, we are um, actually partaking of our drinks here, and I'm drinking a, it's a carbonated, ice-cold beverage, which has a little bit of a chartreuse hue. Um, It's uh, sweet, fruity, and uh, let me see. Delicious. Mm, Delicious. Uh, And I, I think it's... It tastes like a watermelon Jolly Rancher. Mm-hmm. That's what it tastes wow. like, like watermelon Jolly Rancher. So I, I'll know here in a moment because the answers are hidden from us right now. But uh, is that really chartreuse? 
I don't. Know. I was thinking more along the lines of magenta. Yeah. No, magenta would magenta be a little darker. more purplish pink. This is uh, more of a maybe a peakwood. Peakwood. I that's, don't know. I, I know that thinking, that's a word. I don't even know if that's a color. I hope I didn't just say something wrong. Flesh color. And, well, it could be that. It could be a little. Yeah, red flesh. More red flesh. Yeah, it's not not peachy necessarily. <laughs> but people it, after the beach. If you were to take a, a a watermelon Jolly Rancher and turn it into a drink, I right. believe this is a watermelon fruit splash. Maybe watermelon plus something else. But we'll find out here in a moment. Chris, you're drinking something hot. What is it? This what does it is, taste like? This is a tea. This mm-hmm. uh, there's a. This. There's a hanging tag. tag, Mighty Leaf Tea, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not really sure what kind of tea this is. There's a hint of fruitiness, but it's not a, I don't think it's a straight up fruit tea. Wow. Okay. Um, it's not a black tea. It's a more, uh, I think it's more of an Asian tea, and mm-hmm. actually if Maybe you look blend. at it, it could be a blend of some sort, but you can sort of see the leaves are, yes. Yes. are large. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, it looks like tobacco leaves. To More me. of an. I don't think it's a tobacco tea. Okay, just I know exactly what it is. Do you? I happen to see the answer on that one. Oh, but okay. not mine. Oh, well, okay. Actually, All right. well, no, uh, but it, it's good. Unsweetened. It's, good. Hot. I, it's unsweetened now, but it soon will be sweetened mm. when I have the opportunity. Gotcha. And Sebastian, your drink was almost clear. It was almost like water. it was uh, obtuse. I guess obtuse. Opaque, even. Opaque. I, I would say it would be more... <laughs> it was more acute, not obtuse. Acute, okay, you know. okay. But this was clear, and but it was also sweet, fruity, um, and I would have to go apple-y, mm-hmm. apple-y with, apple-y. with a little bit of coconut-y. Okay. So apple and coconut, okay. I'd say an apple-coconut fruit splash. Apple-coconut, wow. <gasps> that would be a That's bold sure choice. That would be so Or bold. you have a confused palate because those are the only two options on that. Apple, coconut. That Well, and I know Lawrence had a mango iced tea. I know it. And he he's called it. Right now. And Lawrence already had to leave for uh, <laughs> random drug testing. I'm serious. He's he's a bus driver and they have to go in for random drug testing and I'm sure he'll be fine. But he's having a mango iced tea right now. Uh, let's see here. How about pineapple, coconut? That like pina colada. Yeah, I was close. Pineapple. Yeah. What? Coconut. Apple, pineapple. Um, yours is a, is a vanilla bean tea. Vanilla bean. Vanilla bean. I knew it. And then uh, mine's a strawberry kiwi splash. And then, strawberry yes. Strawberry kiwi. Strawberry kiwi. So that watermelon strawberry kiwi kind of throws you off there. Nobody so. got this right, really. No, we kind of. And, well, and was... pineapple isn't like apple. I don't know where he's been. There's no. I don't even know why the word apple is in pineapple. And there's no pine in it either. So no. it's like pineapple is a totally confusing. It's not even a, you know, a tree fruit anyway. But I was close. N- nice. Not really. I was four letters off. Okay. <laughs> you want to debate this? No, it's Go. okay. It's okay. No, 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 no. We we love you, Sebastian. No, no, no. And we know you're going to have your own show someday, so I'm trying to be kind to you. Let's not so, go that far. Yeah. I mean, you never know. You could be the boss of this whole place eventually, so we're going to be very nice to you. Goodbye, so you can, Chris. You can remember. <laughs> so, well, uh, thank you to our baristas down at the Hub. They're starting up a new season, and uh, they've taken all the Christmas decorations down, and they're getting ready to start a new season with some new flavors, new drinks, and uh, new things being offered over the next few months. So stay tuned. More information about that over the next few weeks, but they've been providing drinks for us since episode one, since episode X, 
which precedes episode one. It's the lost episode that we didn't actually broadcast to anyone that someday we might just pull out of the can and let people listen <laughs> Maybe to. Maybe on the 200th episode. That'd be fun. I have no idea where to find that. Yes, me neither, actually. Um, <laughs> we'll but, pull uh, it yeah, yeah. First, we've got to find the yes, can. Yeah, we, maybe we can reenact it if we have to, so... <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, hey, uh, guys, thank you very much for participating in all of that. And I'm going to take a short break. When I come back, I'm going to have a little bit more of Stranger Than Fiction, plus some things that are happening in the news and uh, among other things. So there's just a lot going on, a lot of fun things to talk about today. So listeners, it is Friday, January 6th, 4.13 p.m. here on 88.1 FM, KHMG, Harvest Family Radio. Stick around more live till 5 after this short break. Welcome back. It is 4.17 p.m. on Friday, January 6th. Glad to have you with us for Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. This is our 198th episode, only two episodes away from the big 200. We're going to have to do something special in two weeks. Maybe that'll be our cookie day. All of our listeners bring us cookies and small gifts. I wear a size extra large. Chris is between medium and large, depending on what brand. No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to bring us any gifts. May- <laughs> cookies are appreciated. I mean, and homemade pumpkin bread and things like that. Maybe some Amish friendship bread. At least give us a starter kit and we'll make our own. Wow. I'm trying to be very specific. Gooseberry pie. Gooseberry pie is really good as well. Uh, if anyone has um, got a can of gooseberry pie filling at home. Strawberry rhubarb. A strawberry rhubarb is awesome. Yeah. Uh, all of those things <laughs> are really, really good. Maybe a cappuccino chunk muffin uh, from a local bakery. Some warm glazed donuts. These are all things that I wouldn't mind having right this moment. But, uh, yeah, so our 200th episode is a big deal, and we want you to share in that by bringing us uh, baked ho- goods. hoping this is like, you know, I've, I've seen, you know, late-night shows and stuff where the host mentions a product, yep. and then they send them a crate yeah. filled with Nike shoes or whatever. Yes. Whatever it is. Yes. Uh, I've seen that happen. I, yes. That's never uh, happened to me. Yes. Yeah. So, seen like, that. for example, if I was to say Volvo, Nike, Adidas, uh, Samsung, um, Apple, <laughs> uh, you know, if any of those uh, right. companies out there wanted to send us a crate of something, we would take it gladly and shamelessly promote we would thank their products. Them on the yes, right. And uh, even though we're a nonprofit station and we're non-commercial radio, we would find a way to mention them. It sounds a little bit like payola. <laughs> oh, yes. I think payola is uh, is exactly yeah. what gets you thrown in jail. We will not play lo- your song, though. You lose your license. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, no, but two, 200 episodes is a big deal for us, so it's kind of fun. We'll do something fun on the air that week. I just need to think ahead. So, uh, But, Chris, you got some news for us. We do have some news, and usually we do have a, um, a couple of stories, or at least a story um, out of... 
um, North Korea. Um, nearby and always in the news, it seems, a senior North Korean delegation left Pyongyang on Friday to attend the inauguration of Nicaragua's newly elected president, Daniel Ortega. Cho ryong Hay, a close aide to North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, is heading the delegation as a special envoy. Cho has become something of the foreign face of North Korea and their government, and has made relatively frequent trips lately. He is the vice chairman of the State Affairs Commission, one of North Korea's most powerful institutions, and is a vice chairman of the Central Committee of the Workers' Party of Korea, along with being a member of its Politburo. Uh, Kim Jong-un has yet to make an official trip abroad, although he has been in power for more than five years. The reason this is news is because of the limited interaction that Pyongyang has with other countries. And they're going all the way to to Central America from North Korea. Right. For Daniel Ortega. You probably recognize that name from all the way back in the 80s. Wow. Uh, And um, Oliver North. Yeah. Yeah. Nicaragua Contra affair. Right. Yes. Iran Contra. Yeah. Right. Uh, The U.S. House of Representatives has passed legislation on Wednesday giving Congress the power to kill dozens of recently enacted rules in one fell swoop. It is the second time the Republican chamber took up legislation blocking what are called midnight rules. And those are rules that are rolled out close to the end of a president's term. But the previous bill introduced in November had faced a certain veto from President Obama. On its second day back in session, the House passed the bill on a vote of 238 to 184. The Senate is expected to soon consider companion legislation, which could face a harder time because it would need eight votes from Democrats. Under a law known as the Congressional Review Act, Congress has the right to review regulations for a certain period of time after they are issued, and that means any federal regulation approved since May could be voided by the Republican-led Congress once President-elect Donald Trump moves into the White House and can sign off on their disapproval. It takes only a simple majority of both chambers to reverse a rule, giving Senate Democrats little power to block a vote with a filibuster. So there are a couple things that we have talked about around this ministry. And I was hearing talked about when I was back in the States for a a few days. And that is the, the first one is the, the regulation from the department of labor on overtime rules, which basically would impact any business in the country that has workers that make under something like $55,000 a year. So that's, something that could come under this um, provision, although this happened before May. I think it was May, it said here. So uh, we'll see. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Folks around the country are waiting to see what happens with that. Uh, A story that's kind of a follow-up to something we've talked about here before, and that is that British Prime Minister Theresa May will meet with Donald Trump in Washington in the spring. In a phone call with Trump in late November, the conservative prime minister and the Republican president-elect agreed to work on building relationships through the U.S. presidential transition 
and to meet at the earliest opportunity. Trump does take office in January, uh, January the 20th. Britain has long cherished its uh, what it calls a special relationship with the United States that goes all the way back to, uh, well, of course, many, many years. But um, the special relationship idea comes from Churchill, World War II. Um, uh, it's been a um, that special relationship that is has been a central pillar of its foreign policy, but May has struggled to build a relationship so far with Trump and his transition team. The first phone call between the two was made following Trump's election. However, he spoke to nine other world leaders before talking with Theresa May, and that was raising some eyebrows in London. Trump also caused astonishment in Britain in November. It was on all the uh, front pages of the newspapers when he suggested that Nigel Farage, and he was the head of the opposition UKIP party in Britain, uh, become the ambassador to Washington. Um, so th- you can see how if uh, it was suggested by another world leader that a um, a certain politician right. in this country right. become the ambassador, what kind of a stir that would cause. Right. Right. And that's certainly what happened in Britain. London responded that there was no vacancy, but the suggestion uh, was an unprecedented breach of diplomatic protocol and was embarrassing for the government there because obviously they're a, uh, the United States is a chief ally of Britain. Uh, Mexicans angry over a double-digit hike in gasoline prices looted stores and blockaded roads on Wednesday, prompting over 250 arrests amid escalating unrest, unrest, that is, over the rising cost of living in Latin America's second biggest economy. 23 stores were sacked and 27 blockades put up in Mexico City. Mayor Miguel Angel Moncera said days after the government raised gasoline costs by 14 to 20 percent, outraged Mexicans were already battling rising inflation and also a weak currency. Mexican Retailers Association and ANTAD, A-N-T-A-D, urged federal and state authorities to intervene quickly, saying 79 stores had been sacked and 170 forcibly closed due to these blockades. Wow, and the government raised the prices of the fuel, is what it said. It said the Mexican government, that they were upset that the government had raised the prices by double digits. Now, from what I could tell, that's some sort of a tax or a Mm, fee mm. or something to pay for government infrastructure or something of that nature. As I read further down in that story, I I believe that's what what the... price hike was um, related to so wow yeah hmm. so a little bit of unrest around the world yeah well it's uh it's interesting times we're gonna have a new president two weeks from today uh in a stateside time i guess two weeks from tomorrow but uh and then with all these different international relationships and things there'll be plenty to talk about in the news segment every week i guarantee we we're gonna have to work hard not to bring up donald trump's name at least once a week because I know it's still Donald Trump is usually in the top first 100 words that come out of whoever's the news broadcaster. Oh, he's just he's just a newsmaker, you know, like him or hate him. He's tweets. He oh, tweets boy. and the tweets make news. 
um, because it's such an unprecedented way for right. a president to communicate, not just in the sense of um, the technology of it, but the instant, uh, almost um, knee-jerk um, side to it. Like right. something right. happens, and within a few minutes, we have a tweet from the guy who will be the president in two weeks. And so that that's what makes it unprecedented. It's not just the technological part. Of course, Barack Obama tweeted as well, but not in the same fashion. Right. Not in the sort of modern fashion. Uh, and by modern, I don't mean good. Right. I mean sort of the the more base fashion right. that, that Trump does. Well, he cuts the media out right. uh, as the middleman on that. So that's... Uh, you know, uh, good or bad, it will only be interpreted directly by the consumer, not by the media. Right. But uh, I wonder if it's a if it's a uh, ploy to do that because you're not going to be held as accountable for something you tweet versus something you say in a press conference. Everyone's like, ah, he just was blowing off some steam. He was just winging it. It was three in the morning. You know, he can apologize for that. Whereas if you're standing in the in front of the press corps and you have a written speech, you're probably gonna be held to a higher standard. I don't know. It's it's changing the whole way it's it's looked at. It's all new. And and the 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 thing that was brought up, I was listening to a, a clip from uh, Charles Krauthammer and he was talking about while he's president elect, it's not quite as serious, but when you become president, it can be viewed by others, especially if it's in writing. Um, as a policy statement. So you could be making policy for the United States of America by sending out a tweet, mm. and it can be very disruptive to your relationships with allies and with enemies. And, it'll, of course, it'll remain to be seen what, how it all works. Not very many people have been able to predict exactly what he's going to do, uh, and I don't, I don't know that he predicts what he's right. Going to do it, it, it is more reminiscent of the way uh, smaller countries behave. You know, right. whether it's a third world type country or a, a smaller right. country um, where they just say things right. that are no one actually takes seriously. You Typically, know? you would have here, you would have a president discuss a matter with a series of. Um, high-ranking officials, whether they're experts on the topic or whether they're just in authority over something. Right. And they would look back at hist the history of what America said about that, and they would try not to offend right. allies. And he's just not following that uh, right. that process at this point. He's just saying whatever comes to mind. Yeah, that's scary. <laughs> it, or it seems. Right. And, and not really vetting it through people who um, – know a lot about that yeah and the bible and, uh, does warn about that uh you know a fool utters all his mind you know a wise person holds their tongue you know right um right. waits to answer you know after they've heard it all not before they've heard it all so interesting times can't believe we're talking about the president of the united states when we're saying all that but uh, yeah gives us plenty to talk about plenty to pray about chris thanks for bringing us the news today appreciate it all right, have a good weekend, Chris. And listeners, stick around. We have a little more live till 5 after we take this short break. You're listening to us on 88.1 FM, KHMG, Harvest Family Radio, 4.31 p.m. on Friday, January 6th. If you're listening to the live broadcast, 
Catch us on the rebound noon to 2 Saturdays, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday nights right here on 88.1 FM. You can also go to khmg.org. There are a number of ways to listen live or to the podcast or rebroadcast through our website as well, well, khmg.org. Let us know that you're listening through Harvest Family Radio on Facebook. Go to Facebook, type in Harvest Family Radio. Give us a thumbs up. Leave us a comment. Right now we're looking for suggestions and feedback regarding our programming as we make some minor programming changes, especially in the mornings. And uh, we'd love to hear from you if you're one of those listeners out there. So leave us a note on Harvest Family Radio on Facebook. Short break. When we come back, some stories that are happening in the news, including a list of people that passed away this past year. The year 2016 lost a number of very famous, very influential people and uh, some obscure ones as well we'll talk about, as well as some stats regarding the evangelical church in America. So stick around. We're live till 5 after this. It's 4.35 p.m. on Friday afternoon. If you're listening live, Friday, January 6th, maybe you're catching us on Saturday afternoon, noon to 2, and Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m., we rebroadcast the show in its entirety, all two hours of it. So catch us on the rebound, Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. We love engaging and entertaining and informing and educating and edifying you through this program called Live Till 5. We've been doing this for almost four years now. If you are listening live, it's only 78 degrees outside. Can you believe that? 4.35 p.m. here at the Harvest Family Radio Worldwide Headquarters. We have a high-tech weather station here, and it says it's 78 degrees outside. And with the uh, northerly winds, 8 miles per hour, the wind chill is actually 76 degrees. This is one of the very rare times that I have seen the outdoor temperature with a wind chill instead of a heat index. 78 degrees actual temperature, 76 degrees wind chill, if you could call it that, 54% humidity. Barometric pressure holding steady at 29.71 on this Friday, January 6th. And uh, kind of Read one or two kind of funny stories to you, and then I'm going to segue over to some of the people that passed on this past year as I was looking through uh, World Magazine's list of different celebrities and famous people or semi-famous people that passed away. But before I get to that, I want to just, I had to share at least one or two of these stories with you because this fits my Stranger Than Fiction segment, including... uh, Chinese police, I have uh, some family members that live in China. Chinese police have adopted the Lex Tylonis for some Guangdong province drivers who leave their high beam headlights on inappropriately. On Chinese social media, the Shenzhen Traffic Police posted in November videos of Chinese drivers caught using high beams being forced to stare into the headlights of a squad car for 60 seconds at a time. According to authorities, offending drivers also face a $44 fine. You think that's crazy? Game officials in Florida have fined a man 
for punching a nine-foot-long hammerhead shark. According to the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, Georgia resident Granger Ray Wooten. You know people are going to do something newsworthy when they have three names. Granger Ray Wooten attacked a large hammerhead shark. Yes, this guy from Georgia attacked a nine-foot-long hammerhead shark near Panama City Beach, reportedly punching it repeatedly in the stomach, according to one witness. The onlooker reported that the man then placed a small child on the shark for a photograph before sliding it back into the water. Wooten, whose case moved to trial on December 7th, argued that he was trying to revive the shark. Officers later found the shark dead in the water. (laughs) I just, I I don't even know what to say to that. Uh, Let's see here. How about this? A new offering from a trendy Moscow restaurant is sure to turn as many stomachs as heads. In November, the Krasnodar Bistro placed Nutria burgers, Nutria hot dogs, and Nutria dumplings on the menu. Have you ever seen a Nutria? Let me let me ask Sebastian here because he knows a lot about wildlife. Uh, Sebastian, have you ever seen a Nutria before? Um, no. Have you ever seen Princess Bride? Oh, the yes. rodents of unusual I size. Have. Nutrias look like that. Really? They're like a giant rat. Wow. And this restaurant in Moscow is now making burgers and hot dogs and dumplings out of those. Is that? They also call it a rat burger. Do they know that it's that when they eat it? Um, I, I think so. I think so. <laughs> that is That sounds interesting. Um, also, uh, the Scoop King, he wouldn't have been able to eat them before they melted, but Dimitri Pansiera of Italy claimed a Guinness World Record by successfully balancing 121 ice cream scoops on a cone for at least 10 seconds. Pansiera held the previous record of 109 scoops, and he also holds the record for building the largest ice cream scoop at over 6 feet tall, almost 2 feet wide. He probably is in the ice cream business, and that is a great way to get attention. Uh, And then finally, last Stranger Than Fiction story of the day. This year, a Swedish town has a plan to prevent arsonists from burning its Yule goats. You ever see them? They're like giant bales of hay shaped like goats. Every year, the town of Galvul has erected giant straw goats for its Christmas festivities. But in 34 of the past 50 years, the straw goat has met a fiery fate. Last year, the Yule goat made it until December 27th before someone doused the display in gasoline and lit it on fire. This year, Galvul... Uh, officials have added $100,000 to the budget and plan on using the money to hire security guards to protect the object from arson. That's that's what it looks like. That's a Yule goat. $100,000? To protect security, it. security? To protect that one? To protect a giant bale of hay shaped like a goat. Maybe there's more than one Yule goat in the Swedish town of Gol. I feel gypped now. Working yeah. security and not... <laughs> Crazy. Now, this past year... A number of famous people did pass away, and uh, you know, all joking aside, um, you know, it's it's hard year. Every year, you you have people that die, and um, you don't even realize until you look back at the end of the year just how many famous people passed away. For example, some of these I did not know, or some I didn't realize that they passed away. I knew that maybe they had kind of faded into obscurity, or maybe they were ill. These are all different levels of celebrity, one way or the other. I'll just hit a few of them. Back in June, Muhammad Ali passed away at 74 years old. 
Also, and uh, you'll see a theme here with a few of these, but Eddie Applegate died on October 17th at 81 years old. He's the actor known for playing Patty Lane's high school sweetheart on the 1960s The Patty Duke Show. I'll, I'll come back to that in a minute. David Bald Eagle died at 97 years old on July 22nd. Native American whose varied career, including appearances in 40 films, including the 1990 award-winning Dances with Wolves. His was the tourism face of the Lakota people of South Dakota. Very famous Native American. You would recognize him if you saw him. Cliff Barrows, 93, died on November 15th. Song leader and music director and MC for the evangelist Billy Graham Crusades. From 1947 to 2005. And uh, Cliff Barrows passed away. This one. Boutros Boutros Ghali. 93. Died February 16th. Almost a year ago. Egyptian copt and professor turned diplomat. Who served a five year term as secretary general of the United Nations. During a period of genocides and political friction in the early 90s. The Clinton administration blocked his bid for a second term. I remember that. Jerry Bridges. Famous author. Administrator, Bible teacher, speaker. He wrote The Pursuit of Holiness and Others um, for the Navigators. Jerry Bridges, 86 years old, passed away. Howard E. Butt Jr. died on September 11th at 89 years old. H-E-B. H-E-B, supermarkets. Yep, I knew you might know that. (laughs) I lived in San Antonio, Texas. We had H-E-B grocery stores everywhere. Texas-based H-E-B supermarket chain, Catalyst for Workplace Ministry. He also is known for his one-minute positive thought broadcast aired daily on 3,000 radio outlets. Wow. He was uh, known as a Southern Baptist business and lay leader. Fidel Castro, kind of the opposite, uh, 90 years old, died November 25th, former Cuban president. Jack Chick, 92 years old, died October 23rd, former technical illustrator, for an aerospace company, advocate for fundamentalist Christianity, and cartoonist, publisher of gospel tracts and many comic books. Jan Crouch uh, from the Trinity Broadcast Network, TBN, 78 years old, May 31st, colorful Christian TV co-host, pink wig enthusiast, who with her late husband Paul, co-founded the Trinity Broadcast Network. She appeared regularly on the broadcast and managed TBN's Holy Land Experience, a religious theme park in Orlando, Florida. We've talked about uh, her and that ministry before. Patty Duke, remember um, the lead character from the Patty Duke show, the boyfriend character, passed away this year? Well, so did Patty Duke at 69 years old, March 29th. Actress who was a child star, one renowned for stage film, television performances. At the age of 12, she starred as Helen Keller in the Broadway uh, The Miracle Worker. Age 16, won an Oscar, Hollywood version of the story. Then she had her own show, The Patty Duke Show, which ran through 1966. So both stars of that show passed away this year. Greta Zimmer Friedman, 92 years old, died on September 8th. She was a 21-year-old dental assistant. You probably don't recognize the name, but you definitely recognize the image. She is in nurse's uniform, shown in a famous photo being kissed by a random sailor at Times Square, celebrating the end of World War II on VJ Day, August 14th, 1945. This is someone you might recognize the name if you're a a baseball fan. Joe Garagiola died at 90 years old, March 23rd. Baseball catcher who spent nine seasons in the major leagues with unremarkable stats, then scored big in the broadcasting booths and on television for NBC for three decades with his play-by-play calls, colorful commentary, and self-effacing humor. Ron Glass, 
He was in the show Barney Miller. John Glenn just passed away December 8th. Highly decorated fighter pilot, Mercury 7 astronaut, who uh, on February 20th, 1962, became the first American to orbit the Earth. He later served four terms as U.S. Senate, and I believe he was also the oldest man to go into space. Uh, let's see here. We got a few more. Florence Henderson. Carol Brady from the Brady Bunch, among other things. She died at 82 years old on November 24th. Gordy Howe, for all you hockey fans out there, 88 years old, died June 10th, nicknamed Mr. Hockey, considered one of the greatest and most durable players in the history of the NHL, powered the Detroit Red Wings teams for four Stanley Cup championships, and was 52 years old when he finally hung up his skates. He scored 801 goals in the NHL, second only to Wayne Gretzky's 894. Gwen Eiffel. November 14th, you might not recognize the name if you're not a PBS enthusiast, but she was a veteran print and broadcast journalist in 1999, became the moderator and managing editor uh, of the public affairs program, Washington Week on PBS, co-anchor, managing editor with Judy Woodruff on the PBS NewsHour. She also, uh, I think, uh, was a moderator for some of the presidential debates in the past. Tim LaHaye, the Left Behind series, he died at 90 years old, July 25th. He used to be an evangelical pastor. Then he wrote with Jerry Jenkins, who also passed, uh, he didn't pass away. Jerry Bridges passed away, but he wrote with Jerry Jenkins, the best-selling Left Behind series. Harper Lee died at 89 years old. We've talked about her February 19th. Alabama author who wrote in 1960 To Kill a Mockingbird. She won the Pulitzer Prize for fiction uh, and made it was made into a popular film with Gregory Peck in 62. Neville Mariner. Familiar name, maybe not a familiar story, but he died at 92 years old, violinist and one of the founders of the Academy of St. Martin of Fields. So if you ever listen to classical music, like I grew up listening to classical music on the PBS station, they'd always talk about St. Martin in the Fields and Neville Mariner. He led the chamber group to become one of the world's most recorded classical music groups, making more than 500 recordings and performing in venues across the world. Gary Marshall. He did The Happy Days and The Odd Couple and Laverne and Shirley. Uh, let's see here. He also directed Princess Diaries. Marvin Minsky, 88 years old. He was the MIT scientist and inventor who studied how computers think, became the pioneer force in the field of artificial intelligence. Of course, Arnie, Arnold Palmer, died at 87 years old on September 25th. Widely acclaimed as the king of golf, won seven major championships and 62 PGA Tour titles beginning in 1955, including the British Open. U.S. Open, and the Masters. Gary S. Paxton, he wrote the song Monster Mash. I just thought that was interesting. But he later on became a Christian, and he's in the Country Gospel Music Hall of Fame. Nancy Reagan, of course, former First Lady. Janet Reno, former, uh, let's see, Attorney General under the Clinton administration. Alan Rickman, actor. Yeah. Doris Roberts, actress. I have her autograph in my office actually she's miss miracle in a number of christmas movies charles ryrie i did not even know he had passed away 90 years old died in february retired professor of systematic theology director of doctoral studies at dallas theological seminary wrote over 50 books and edited the ryrie study bible yep. very good study bible charles ryrie passed away morley safer from 60 minutes uh, Antonin Scalia died at 79 years old, February 13th last year. He's appointed by Ronald Reagan to the U.S. Supreme Court. William Schallert, uh, you might not recognize the name, but he was on a number of classic sitcoms. He always 
play different characters, but the many loves of Dobie Gillis, and he was also on the Patty Duke show as the dad. The three main characters of the Patty Duke show all passed away this year. Phyllis Schlafly, we used to carry her program uh, here. I believe it's called the Eagle Alert. Uh, She passed away this year at 92 years old. This is one I did not know passed away. Gary Smalley. I was just watching one of his apologetics video. I had no idea. He passed away at 75 years old, March 6th. Popular speaker, broadcaster, and author of dozens of best-selling books. All part of ministry focused on healing and restoring marriage and family relationships. Gary Smalley. Pat Summit, of course, 64 years old. A very publicized uh, battle with um, Alzheimer's, I believe. Alan Thicke, former TV and recording guy. Anton Yelchin, he's a famous actor. Gene Wilder, famous comic actor. And a number of others, of course. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people pass away every year, every day, all around the world. But uh, sometimes we're reminded of the brevity of life when we go back and review who passed away this year. Now we're going to take a short break. When we come back from this break... I want to talk just a little bit about some of the stats I read about the American Evangelical Church. So stick around. More Live Till 5 after this. That walk with me, walk with me, Lord, God, walk with me, while I'm on this old tedious journey, I want Jesus to walk with me. And we're back with the last six minutes of Live Till Five. Thanks for hanging in there with us. I wanted to read a few stats that I came across under the Go Figure section of Christianity Today's December 2016 issue. Evangelical church shopping explained. So talking specifically about people that go from one church to another in the evangelical world, you know, this is not talking about converting to Christianity or other religions. This is specifically talking about people that would identify themselves as evangelical Christians. Two-thirds of Americans who attend churches in evangelical denominations have looked for a new congregation. That's 67%. According to the Pew Research Center, that's higher than any other U.S. religious group. The national average is 49%. So the Pew Research Center asked 700 evangelicals why they wanted to leave their church and how their search went. Well, the reason they went church shopping, 49% just physically moved. A lot of people are moving. 18% disagreed with the pastor. 16% married or divorced. 12% dissatisfaction with the church and its theology. 5% change in personal beliefs. 3% distance and convenience. 2% children's needs and education. 2% one and more community. How they search? Well, 91% attended a worship service. 72% talked to friends and colleagues. 71% talked to members in the congregation. 64% actually talked to the minister. 36% looked for information online. 18% called the new church. 
What were they looking for? Well, 94% are looking for quality of sermons, 83% feeling welcomed by leaders, 80% style of worship service, 69% location, 64% Sunday school for kids, 49% having friends and family in the congregation, 49% also volunteering opportunities in same denomination, and 47% different denomination. 69% found a new church, and they credit it to, they easily found a new church, 69%. Uh, Let's see here. Over 50% was convenience, 42% was community, and 18% was a good fit. 31% had difficult had difficulty finding a new church, and they blamed it on. 43% said it was a bad fit, 32% blamed it on the community, and 31% blamed it on convenience. And then finally, 44% attend more now than in the past. Here's why. Well, 54% say it's for spiritual reasons. 23% practical reasons, 16% social reasons, 8% other or no answer. But 15% attend less now than before. Here's why. 57% practical reasons, 21% spiritual reasons, 13% social reasons, and 8% other or no reasons. I guess what this article kind of pointed out to me is that people, oftentimes they're looking for something in church. They're looking for church to meet a need. And there are some legitimate reasons for choosing to find a new church. I think those would primarily be in the theological field. If the church you're going to is not preaching or teaching God's word accurately, or they're doing something unbiblical, then you should consider finding a church where that is not the case. But sometimes there are other reasons as well. You might move to a new location or your your needs have changed and maybe uh, your location has changed and you need to be able to go somewhere that's closer to home so you can be more faithful and more accountable. Here's the bottom line. I encourage you, find a church where they open the Bible and they teach it and preach it and they, they, they lift up God's word as the sole authority and they encourage you to live by what you're learning from God's word and make it a regular discipline, a regular part of your life. Be faithful to a local assembly of believers, disciples that are pursuing Christ wholeheartedly where you can get plugged in. And don't just be a spectator. Be a participant. Join the team. Become part of your local church. If you don't have a church home, Harvest Baptist Church meets here at 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. We'd love to have you come visit, but there are a number of great churches here on Guam. Find a church that opens God's word and preaches it accurately. Don't just take my word for it. Open the Bible. Check it out for yourself. Be faithful. Find a church even this Sunday morning. If you don't have a church home again, come visit us at Harvest Baptist Church, 10.30 a.m. here. We're just right off Sergeant Roy T. Damien Jr. Street behind the mobile McDonald's here in uh, the edge of Barragata and Monglong Toto Mighty. We'd love to have you come visit us. Come look for me, Pastor Jared. I'll be right down front. Love to have you. Thanks for staying tuned to our radio program. We do this every Friday, episode 198, Friday, January 6th. It's almost 5 p.m. and uh, fastest two hours of my week. Have a great weekend. You're listening to Live Till 5 on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. <laughs>